Good morning. Happy Sunday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Unbiased Football Talk. I'm here in the freezing cold Iowa, here with my man, as always, Big Mike. What's up, man? Doing good, man. Not so freezing cold over here. It's going to be 76 today, so, you know, there you go. Yeah, I think, you know, the high of 14 today, I think, which isn't that bad. (laughs) I I guess so, a little warmer than usual. (laughs) Well, no football matchups to talk about today other than the Pro Bowl, NFC versus AFC. Um, If you've been paying attention to any of the skills, whatever they call it anymore, it's been fun. I've been watching a little bit of it. You know, my man JJ kind of locked it down in in dodgeball. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Him and Kirk were pretty innovative when it came to the crazy catches and, and stuff like that it's been, it's been fun to watch out it's kind of cool they added madden i'm not gonna lie yeah you know what i do miss the weightlifting competition that they used to do back in the day with the def- defensive linemen that was that was always fun to watch i mean especially uh the one of the last ones they did when larry allen went there and just totally dominated the uh the skills competition he hit like 225 like 50 times it was ridiculous Jesus. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, the Pro Bowl was way more fun than it used to, or than it is now. I mean, yeah, I loved watching all those players, just you know, Brett Favre and and Peyton Manning try to throw the ball as far as they could, and you know, you always had that one quarterback that shouldn't be in the in the Pro Bowl that tries to compete with them. <laughs> it's like yeah, this year, yeah, that would be Kirk Cousins and Mac Jones. But, yeah, it's true. <laughs> although I think Kirk Cousins could throw the ball pretty far, but. It's not the same anymore. It's going to be a two-hand touch today, I'm sure. Um, I remember uh, Adrian Peterson's rookie year when he was in the Pro Bowl. He was just smashing dudes, and they were like, what the hell are you doing, man? This is the Pro Bowl. He <laughs> yeah. was like, I don't give a damn. I want to win MVP, and he did. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right, you got it, man. Yeah, uh-huh. It kind of it kind of reminds me of uh, that one All-Star game like years ago. This was before our time, but Pete Rose like pretty much just like, like – speared himself into a catcher uh, oh, yeah. going in the home plate so kind of the same thing put him in the hall i don't care what hey, anybody says put hey, him in the I, hall. hey barry bonds too man barry bonds yeah. <clears throat> i saw something that said that the giants should re-sign barry bonds just to start his hall of fame clock over again yeah yeah ridiculous I, put him in the I'm, hall are you serious I'm, you're telling me anyway. We won't we won't get into that because I'm right. I'm, I'm heated on that. The guy <laughs> yeah. with the most home runs ever is not in the in the Hall of Fame. Give me a break. Makes no sense, man. But all right, let's talk some football. So I just want to get this off my chest real quick. Start it off. Don't have to spend much time on this. The Vikings did not hire Jim Harbaugh. I was really excited. There was you know people around Vikings Twitter and 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 everything saying this is a done deal. He's flying in basically to sign a contract. He already said goodbye to people in Michigan. Then all of a sudden you see in a notification from ESPN, Jim Harbaugh lets Michigan know he will be coming back in 2022. So first of all, I guess the Vikings were the only team that he was considering. Although there were rumors about the Bears and rumors about the Raiders, but there were hard, like big-time rumors about the Dolphins, too, but clearly he didn't even want to go down there. But what was said? I don't know. You you got to think. Like, yeah, Harbaugh, you talked to some San Francisco players, and it's like he had issues with, with 
player relationships in, in San Francisco, but they went to three NFC championships in, and a Super Bowl with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick before, you know, Colin Kaepernick was nobody when this happened. He was, a, I think he was a rookie when this happened or second year. What could have been? What, what, yeah, it could have, it might have been a disaster in a couple of years, but my guy would have been fun, right? Don't you think? Yeah, I think it would have been fun. Uh, on the flip side, it's like, you know, the, the Vikings, it, it was said that, you know, they, the, the interview didn't go well or something to that extent. And, uh, I, I it's kind of, it's kind of odd. I mean, how, how far deep is, is, is Harbaugh in, in the, in the, uh, in the college football realm, you know, to where, you know, he, he goes to a pro, a, a pro interview and he just kind of stinks it up. I, I really don't know. It's all speculation, right? We don't know what exactly happened in, in that, uh, in that interview room, but it's, it's just kind of odd that he was pretty much there. And then all of a sudden, uh, the Vikings changed their mind. I mean, I, it, it's hard to say, it's hard to speculate what's going on. Um, I do like the Kevin O'Connell hire. I mean, he, he's the he's the hot young name right now, coming out of uh, uh, L.A. with the Rams as the offensive coordinator. So he's gonna do wonders with that offense. I mean, you guys already got the pieces. Uh, we we've already talked about the number of pieces the Vikings have on offense. So a good offensive coordinator, uh, offensive minded head coach is just gonna make you guys better, make the Vikings better on on, on offense. So. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be good to see what uh what the Vikings do on offense next year. Yeah, I mean I like Kevin O'Connell. I think it's a good pick. It's going with the trend, the young guy, the Shanahan guy. He got the ties in Washington with Kirk and Shanahan and McVay and everything. Obviously, the offense, the non-play calling offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. I'm hoping he comes in and calls the plays. I really, I really want that. I, I don't want this a blame on somebody else you know oh like like this past year like it was easy for mike zimmer to say well i could just put it on clint kubiak well you're the head coach so there's you can't really say much there but i'm excited i still vikings need need some things to uh, more coaches you, you you gotta get a defensive coordinator i'm hoping for vic fangio myself but who knows special teams coordinator left there's, there's a lot more pieces that need to be filled for the vikings and you know, what do you do with Kirk? Do you trade him? Do you extend him? If you extend him, I feel like you got to go all in this year. If you trade him, are you going to develop Kellen Mond? Are you going to try to draft in the? Are you going to try to draft a quarterback again? That's a mess. The Vikings are a mess. Um, but who knows? Uh, I'm I'm excited for change. I'm excited for offensive football because we went from Leslie Frazier to Mike Zimmer and now young Kevin O'Connell. It could be fun to watch. I think it. I think it's going to be fun, but. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna it's gonna be pretty interesting um, to see what happens with Kirk Cousins. I mean, I, I, I mean, there's been a lot of talks about him getting possibly traded. I mean, and, and let's look at the matter. The the fact of the matter is he has to he has to restructure that contract. Um, cap wise, it's it's a disaster. Um, and I mean, the Vikings are gonna if if he doesn't restructure, they're gonna have no choice but to kind of ship him or go go elsewhere and go with Kellen Mond at this point. Cool. Hey, yeah. if somebody will take that contract, I'm, I'll, you know, give me a second or a third, really, honestly. I mean, you're not going to get a first-round pick with that contract with Kirk. 
So you probably don't get first round anyway, but especially with 45 million due next year, no way. Yeah. We'll see. But some big topics that we did not discuss last time because it hadn't happened yet, of course. Brian Flores. Man. And this is this is some crazy stuff, you know. It's it's kind of interesting because everyone was saying in a joking manner, tank for Tua, tank for Tua, tank for Tua, two yeah, years ago. That's right. Turns out that could have been the case. He was offered a hundred grand to lose games. Uh, allegedly. Eight. Allegedly, yeah. 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 What do you What do you got on this, Mike? So a lot of things, a lot of things. There's a lot of um, layers to peel off with the whole Brian Flores thing. So uh, you got the you got the whole allegations coming out where uh, he was offered hundred thousand dollars a loss um, to tank games, and he refused to do that, and he wasn't really cooperating with uh, the president uh, or the owner uh, with this whole uh, you know tank kind of operation that was allegedly happening um so you, you got that right and you got the whole you know uh interview with the giants and and uh the whole text messages with bill belichick and and um you know what brian flores to me in this situation he really in that situation he looks like he's kind of biting the hand that feeds him in this situation he, he he bill belichick brought him up from the beginning this is his this was his guy that he, he worked under for 14 years he's been developed by belichick he's the reason why he got a defensive coordinator job he's the reason why he got a head coaching opportunity and to me it just seems a little uh what's the right word for it i i would say that uh I, i'm gonna say it. this is a little bit selfish to be honest with you it's, uh he, he he comes out looking like he kind of just snitched on a guy that that kind of brought him up and it, it to me it doesn't sit right with me now as far as you know hiring a black coach in the NFL there's there's a there's a two way there's it's like a double edged sword right you got the the Rooney rule to me it seems a little bit I've always thought it was a racist thing to do to fill a quota per se to for for a black head coach to get an interview especially if a guy an owner already has their guy in mind you're just bringing in guys to kind of just fill that quota right which is kind of a racist thing i don't, I don't like it I, I really don't like it on the flip side we only have one black head coach in the nfl and to me it's not necessarily a race thing i think it's more of a class thing so if you really look at the landscape of the nfl you got was it roughly about 75 percent of the NFL is black, right? It comes from like a working class, low income kind of family um, or low income kind of uh, environment. So these are people who've worked their way up to become players. Coaches eventually have been, or, or GMs at that, are usually people who have come from college and were able to afford college and, 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 you know, though the money is already there, so they don't have to really work as hard to go from football player to head coach. It, it, it's it's less of an obstacle, right? And these are usually, let's just be honest, these are people of 
you know, these are these are uh, white people or, you know, people who aren't black or just non-minority people. Right. So it's not necessarily to me a a uh, a class. I mean, a, a race issue in the NFL as far as hiring. It's a really a, a class issue. There's obstacles that you have to go through differently if, if you're coming from a player rank and then you come up and be developed as a coach. It's a little bit different. Now, Brian Flores, I mean, he he has a different background, right? Um, and I, I think if he was to just wait around and didn't open his mouth, he would have got the the Houston Texans job or another opportunity. He would He would have got a head coaching spot. So to me, I think that uh, this whole thing, it, it's a little bit shaky as far as, you know, race relations and stuff. And a lot of the stuff that they are saying in like mainstream media, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get different perspectives, because if you just look at one perspective, you're going to be like, oh, nobody's hiring black coaches. There's only one black head coach, which is true. But you, you got to really you got to really look at, you know, how many are there really many black candidates that are of quality right now? I wouldn't want as a, as a, as a black person, I wouldn't want to be hired just because there's a quota that needs to be filled. And I think that needs to be understood. And I think that needs to be discussed and people have to look in the mirror that there's not that many candidates out there as, you know, black coaches. So I don't know. That's where I stand on that one. What do you think, man? I mean, so, you know, it's, it's, it's coincidental that we all said tank for Tua and he's coming out saying this and, there was something I saw that, and of course I know what the Rooney Rule is. If you if you don't, you need to look it up. Um, but there was you know allegations that he interviewed with Denver, and John Elway showed up drunk or hungover and took it as a joke. And basically, Flores felt like that was literally a Rooney Rule quota. And I mean, who am I to say that it wasn't? But yeah. it's all it's all allegations at this point. Um, now, as far as African American candidates, you're right. It's it, you know, it, it's about who's who does your team want? Like who does what direction does your team want to go? First of all, you got to think: is it offensive minded? Is it defensive minded? Um, what's this? What's their? What's the person's track record? For example, the Vikings. I thought for sure we were hiring D'Amico Ryan's. He's African American defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. He decides to stay with San Francisco. Yeah. Okay. That's not on the Vikings organization. That's 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 on D'Amico Ryan's. He said no. Vikings were going to offer him a job. Hey, he wants to stay and learn more. That's all for him. Yep. Um, and then Todd Bowles and um, Patrick Graham were both interviewed by the Vikings. And Patrick Graham, I think he wants to be, a deep, again, he's a defensive-minded uh, coach. So... He, the Vikings aren't going to go that route. So there's there's an example of why the Vikings didn't hire an African-American defensive-minded head coach. Same with Brian Flores. Now, on the flip side, you have Eric Bieniemy, offensive-minded. Now, he hasn't been offered any interviews in the last two years until now. Um, there was a report that I saw from Schefter, I think, that he is going to be interviewing for the New Orleans Saints opening. That's awesome. Eric Bieniemy is overdue. However... There's got to be something within. There's there's more than there's something deeper, right? That right. we don't know about. Everyone. Agreed. I mean, I've seen allegations that people, uh, it's because he's because he's African American that nobody wants to, to hire him. Well, I don't, I don't think that that's true. I think that there's something deeper, you know. Plus, Matt Nagy came from being underneath um, 
Andy Reid, and he was a terrible head coach for Chicago. So maybe people are trying to avoid that. He's the non-play calling offensive coordinator for Andy Reid. So maybe there's something there. But I feel like there's something deeper with the enemy too. Now, yes. <clears throat> you can take this whole Flores thing that he's maybe, you know, because obviously there's two sides of it, right? One side is the truth. Is is this true? Are these allegations true? Is he is he is he lying, or is he trying to make a case that he's not getting hired that he's black? Hugh Jackson comes out, who was former head coach of the Cleveland Browns. He comes out and says that he was offered money to to lose. He backpedaled on that one too recently. He did. He did. So I have no idea what the truth is. You don't know what the truth is. Yeah. No one in the you know it's all about. But to me, you know. To me, the head coaching position is about what direction do you want to go? I mean, I guess it, it really is all about the direction. You know, if the, if the Vikings wanted to go with a defensive-minded head coach, Patrick Graham would have been hired. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And you're right. Flores, if this didn't happen, he was going to get a job. I guarantee he would have been New Orleans Saints or Houston Texans head coach. Yep, I agree with you. Um and I think what I think I think what really leaves a, a a bitter taste in in uh people's mouths is was the the whole fact that uh John Elway allegedly came to uh to the to the interview with the with Brian Flores for the Broncos position he he kind of didn't take it seriously now the Rooney rule is supposed to be set for people for for black people to get opportunities to be head coaches but if you already have your guy right and you're trying to avoid violating the rules, you know, having a, a having just somebody to come in, spend their time thinking that they have an opportunity to get a job. Um, it's, it's, it's a racist move to me. It's racist to even do that. Like, why would you waste somebody's time in the first place? If you you're already have your right. guy, you're absolutely so, right. Because I'm calling you go, you go into that interview in the back of your head. You're thinking I'm just here cause I'm black. Right. And that's, and, and that's wrong. Yeah. And we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. There's guys that they, they do. They have the Rooney rule guys, right? They have the Romeo Cornells of the world. Like they Romeo just come Cornell, in yeah. to fill the quota. I'm calling for the Rooney rule to just be completely canned because it does nothing for the advancement anyway. You know, because you're only doing it. Teams are only they already have their guy in mind, whether black or white, it doesn't really matter. Right. They're looking for the best candidate, in my opinion. So the Rooney rule to be in place, you're just putting a guy there just, you know, just to fill that quota. To me, that seems like a racist move. I don't know. It, I mean, it, it's racist if you do. It's racist if you don't. It's all about your intentions. But how can we control somebody's intentions in the first place? They're going to do owners are going to do what they're going to do regardless. So. That's just where I stand on that one. And, you know, I hope Brian Flores, uh, if, if this is the case, the whole Dolphins thing going on, I hope that the Dolphins, if this is true, the Dolphins do get punished. Um, and and um, as far as football goes, because, you know, the integrity of the game is what's important, right, to me. It, race aside, the integrity of the, of the game. If you're going in there already with the mindset that, hey, we're not – we're, we're 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 trying to tank this season and we're trying to you know for draft position you're taking away the inte- the the integrity of the game and 
the NFL has already been hit with so many uh, integrity black eyes, right? So like like uh, the Deflate Gate and you know, um, uh, what else? Any you can name all the scandals that's been happening in the last couple of years, right? So the integrity of the game is most important to me. Whether you're tanking or you're cheating to try to win a game, that's at the end of the day, the integrity is what's important. And if, if the Dolphins are uh, caught to the the owner is caught to to be uh, doing these allegations, then they need to be severely punished. Absolutely, because that is, I mean, that's, you're right, the integrity is gone at that point, but we'll move on because we can get a little heated in this conversation, but let, let me get you heated real quick, Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so, you know what? I, I cooled off a little bit with that, man. Yeah? So, yeah, I cooled off a little bit. So, initially, when the Raiders hired, uh, this was last week at this point, when they hired uh, Josh McDaniels. I uh, wasn't really too hot about it. You know, he's an offensive coordinator coming from the Patriots. Uh, we all know his track record. Uh, he went from offensive coordinator of the Patriots about 10, 11 years ago under Belichick and became the Broncos head coach to where he was 11 and 17. And uh, he started off hot, but then he kind of cooled off at the end. Ended up going to the Rams to be offensive coordinator and went different uh, different places. And then went back to the Patriots as offensive coordinator where he did really well, won some Super Bowls along the way. And for years, he was a hot, he was a hot candidate to be a head coach. Uh, he turned down the Colts job, and that was kind of my biggest gripe. He, he got hired by the Colts a couple years ago as a head coach, hired a whole staff, had everybody moving to Indianapolis, and then turned around and went back to, uh, to the Patriots, which didn't sit right with me. Talk you know, about red flag. Exactly. Big red flag, right? Um, so I was a little bit uh, not hot about that. I was I was pretty upset about the hire. Um, but then I saw the, the, the press conference with him and they hired uh, uh, Dave Ziegler. Uh, he was the de facto GM for the Patriots as well. Um, I like things that that uh, Josh McDaniels had to say in the press conference. He was saying that he with the Broncos, uh, he, he made mistakes. Um, he didn't like the way it ended, and he has to do better with players. And, you know, because it was alleged that he lost his locker room when he was with the Broncos. So he was like, this time around, you know, I want to do things right. Um, it, it just, it, it, the things, he said all the right things to me at this time. Uh, the GM came in, and if you know anything about the Raiders, the Mayock and, and Gruden regime, it was a pretty much a Gruden show. Mayock was just there to be the puppet, basically. He was just there to play GM, but it really wasn't him making the decisions. This time around, Ziegler is the guy that's going to be making the decisions in the Raiders' front office. He said it himself. He said it blatantly. He said, at the end of the day, we're going to all get together to you know for decision-making, but I'm, at the end of the day, making these decisions. And that is great to me because for years, the Raiders have been missing that leader at GM is it, it was it was Mayock that was kind of the the figurehead but he wasn't really making decisions it was really Gruden he was the end all be all and that's problematic when you have a head coach who's also playing GM it it, it it it's kind of a conflict of interest if you really think about it GMs are there for uh personnel decisions right and head coaches are there for playing schemes for offense and defense, making sure you're playing 
placing the players in the right position. So if you got somebody bringing in players and then you got to put them in the right position, it, it's kind of a it doesn't work out. You're not optimizing your team. Your your team isn't optimized. You're not bringing the best players. You're just bringing the players you like. Mm-hmm. So, um, with uh, with with Ziegler, he's going to be the one making the decisions at the end of the day, which I appreciate. It's it's I, I like it. And then we ended up hiring defensive coordinator. Uh, he hi, he uh, he interviewed with you guys for head coaching spot. The Giants uh, defensive coordinator Graham. Uh, he's our now defensive coordinator so i'm starting to really like what what they're putting uh forward in the in the front office and 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 these coaching candidates is going to be good i like to see what uh graham is going to do with um with uh max crosby and yannick and multiple sets because he's a guy who runs a multiple uh set like three four four three he likes to run nickel so he it's going to be a lot better than what we had with Gus Bradley because Gus Bradley is very predictable when it comes to to defenses. He likes to run the cover three, and that's all he runs. So whenever we play the Chiefs or these big teams have good offenses, we're getting picked apart. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the Raiders do as far as uh, who they're going to bring in uh, personnel-wise and, and what they're going to do with Max Crosby. Uh, Max Crosby is going to take it to a next level next year for – under this uh, defensive coordinator. Yeah, well, I hope it works out for you. You know, I'm not a believer in, in McDaniel's myself, but um, I I hope it works out for you, man. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? What kind of gets me excited about McDaniel is uh, he's a guy who likes to run multiple tight end sets. Now we got Darren Waller and Foster Moreau, who's a he can start for most teams in the NFL. So. Um, and, and another good thing that Josh McDaniels does is he he likes to pick apart uh, defenses according to their weakness. Um, the problem with the Raiders last year, uh, this past season, is that they never adjusted on offense and never really picked apart defenses. So it, I, I kind of like it with that with that sense. Um, I really hope that whoever is coming in as offensive coordinator is kind of a guy that uh, has that same philosophy. We'll see. Um... Well, another head coaching position was filled as well, which I personally thought, um, what's his name, had it in the bag. What's his name? Offense coordinator for the Bucks, Brought Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich, yeah. I thought for sure Byron Leftwich was going to be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And maybe that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Who knows? Um, but Doug Peterson, former Eagles Super Bowl winning head coach, is now the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he inherits the number one overall pick. What do you think about this one? First of all, it's way better than Urban Meyer. Yeah, let's just I would could have been hired there, and it'd been better than Urban Meyer. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I do like I do like it. I, I want to see what he can do to mold. Uh, um, Trevor. Uh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence at quarterback because uh, I'm, I'm afraid that uh, Urban Meyer may have stunted his growth. You know, he kind of got that rookie year kind of taken away from him. Um, now, it, it, it's almost to me that that uh, Trevor Lawrence is kind of doing his rookie year all over again next year, if you really want to talk about it. And, you know, you're bringing back Trevor Etienne, who hurt his 
uh, he he had an ACL before the season even started. ACL or Achilles, something like that. Something like that. So he's he's coming. So they're gonna have a two-headed monster in the backfield. So there's some there's some good pieces and 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 I know that I don't know how their cap space is looking in Jacksonville, but I, it's gotta be okay, right? It's gotta be decent. Who do they right? have? That right, exactly. Have any money. Right, and their and their defense, they got some pieces at defense too, and they're they they're they're for sure gonna bring probably in defensive end uh, either Hutchinson or or Thibodeau or is that his name from Oregon, the the defensive end. So they're gonna have pieces. They're gonna have nice young pieces. That they don't have to pay right away. Um, at defense, they're gonna so their defense is gonna be young and quick, and then they're gonna have an offense. They're gonna bring in a receiver, um, and the AFC South is weak. Let's just yeah. be honest. It's pretty weak. So, you know, if you if you take if you really look at it and you got Doug Peterson who's a proven winner come in and, and bring a winner's mentality to Jacksonville, they could I'm not saying playoffs, but you know, their first season with that young team, six, seven wins, that's a good start right there. It's a good foundation. Get Trevor Lawrence on the map, get him back to uh prominence where people, you know, thought he would be. Um and, and and you look at somebody like Joe Burrow, right? You look at the Bengals; they're in the play, they're in the Super Bowl right now. Who would have ever thought that? And right. and and after after he blew out his ACL, so and he came back and he's in the Super Bowl now. So, you know, Joe second, Burr. yeah, man. So you know, his second year, you might go from from uh, you know nothing to something. You you just never know with, with the NFL these days. So. Um, especially when you got a, a a coach who's a proven winner, so yeah, I, I like the hire. I think I like it a little bit more better than uh, than um, Byron Leftwich. I think maybe Leftwich wasn't ready yet. I don't think so either. Yeah, I mean, because he that was his only opportunity he got was was the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it would have been more of a sentimental uh, hire anyway. You know, considering his his history with the Jaguars, so. You know, it's probably better that he learns and develops under Arians as a as an offensive coordinator for maybe a year or two, and 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 we want to see what he does without Tom Brady. To be That's honest, what I was gonna say you got to go prove yourself that you can win without Tom Brady. Yeah, and I, I don't know who's gonna come in there. I've been seeing rumors about a reunion with Jameis Winston, or do they bring up Kyle Trask? Who knows? Yeah, I mean because the the truth of the matter is we didn't hear anything about Byron Leftwich until Brady got there, so. Um, yeah, we got to give him one more year. We got to give Byron Leftwich one more year, and 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 you know, good good for the Jaguars to make the right decision by hiring Peterson. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a good hire. I think I, Peterson was somebody that I wanted the Vikings to look at heavily. I mean, he was the coach that outcoached Mike Zimmer in the NFC Championship in 2017, and then went and won a Super Bowl in Minnesota with the Philly yeah. Special and Nick Foles. He does that with Nick Foles. There you go. <laughs> there um, you go. So, yeah, we, we mentioned it, man. Brady, he's retired. The GOAT. Hate him. Man. Love him. Doesn't matter. He's the GOAT. Yeah. You know, I know you have animosity with him, and Charles Woodson does too. Yeah. But, I mean, to me, I'm, I'm an outsider. I'm an NFC North fan, so I love greatness, and Tom Brady was great. It's like all the people who hate LeBron James. I don't hate LeBron James. He's great. You tell me a player that could have brought that 20, what was it, 2016 Cavs team to the finals? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, but Tom Brady, you know, he's the GOAT. 
he was he was one play away from being the NFC Championship again. Yeah. Um, so it's crazy. Our childhood quarterbacks are gone. Peyton, Philip Rivers, Eli, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. It's over. <laughs> it's the, yeah. And and now you know you, you don't have the you don't have the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. AFC championship games and rivalry every single year they're playing each other because first place schedule. Now you got freaking Mahomes and Allen, which obviously is going to be fun for years. Oh, Big Ben retired too. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's new era, man. New era of young guys. Joey B, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes. Um, yeah, Tyler Lamar Murphy, Jackson. Lamar yeah. Jackson. Uh, you just these. This is it. This is these are the new the new guys. I mean, Russ Russ is Russ Wilson. He's he's him and uh, Matt Stafford are really the big veterans these days. Derek Carr. He's yeah. Not very, you know, not been in as long as Stafford has. But um, by the way, Russell Wilson needs to be in the Vikings uniform next year. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Who do you think it, comes in and replaces Brady? Oh man. Uh. I know the I know the Bucks are going to try to make a run for uh, another big time quarterback, um, which would have to happen in a trade. So if they get somebody with the likes of Kirk Cousins or or uh, um, Russell Wilson, even Derek Carr, I mean he's 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 out there for trade discussions because he's on his last year in his contract. So if they do want to bring a good name, a big time name, with the uh, into the uh, with the Bucks, it's gonna have to happen through a trade. Now, if you look at free agency, now the funny thing about free agency right now is the best available quarterback is Jameis Winston. So, if they do go that route, it's gonna be a, the Jameis Winston show. And you also have uh, Jimmy Garoppolo as well. So, I mean that 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 I don't know if that's a good pick. It's it's he's a proven winner, but he he has to have pieces around him to win and you know what it, it might work out perfectly with that that bucks defense is similar to the 49ers actually might be a little bit better and he would have more weapons well i and, think i think chris godwin's gonna be gone yeah godwin's gonna be gone they but, franchised uh, him last year i believe yeah and um yeah brown's godwin's, obviously not <laughs> yeah brown's gone godwin's gone i know mike evans he's a he's a lifer he's a lifer yeah. for the bucks um uh, Fournette's gonna be gone, so um, yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see uh, where the Bucks go. Um, I think that they should probably use this opportunity to see what uh, Trask can do, and I know it might not be a it might not be a, a, a big time like a big time move, but. You gotta you gotta see what your future looks like. You gotta kind of give the man a chance. I would bring in somebody like, I mean, it, it's tough. It's tough because if you bring if you bring in if you bring in another like big time uh, marquee type quarterback, it's gonna be hard to pitch that to those guys because you're replacing Tom Brady. Would you want to follow that act as as a as a as a big time quarterback? trying to make it a, um, a, a name for yourself that's like well if i'm if i'm in the conversation of greatest quarterback of all time aaron Rodgers, yes i would 
Yeah. There you go. You know, Aaron Rodgers too. Yeah. Make yeah. a trade. Make a trade there, and they're automatically contenders again. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, matter. That's true. And, and then maybe even friggin' Devontae Adams goes down. I still think personally, I still think personally that Aaron Rodgers is going to be in a Denver Broncos uniform next year. However, putting him down there in Tampa, or in, I guess in San Francisco where he wanted to go originally anyway. But, um, you know, Bruce Arians retired. He came back to coach with Brady. Brady's now retired. Do you think that Bruce Arians wants to be part of a rebuild? In my opinion, Kyle Trask is a rebound or a re- rebuild. That's what just my opinion. He's yeah. not even the ba- he's not even the backup quarterback. Blaine Gabbard is. So that is true. I don't know. I I really do think they're going to bring in a veteran guy. They're going to bring in Jameis Winston, or they're going to trade for Russell Wilson, or, or Aaron Rodgers, or, or Jimmy G, which I think would be stupid. But um, Kirk Cousins, maybe. Hopefully, they take that cap hit. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> who knows, man? Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. Oh man, that's a tough act to follow as a as a veteran quarterback. I don't know if I necessarily want to do that, man. I I don't know. If I was Jimmy G, maybe I would go with that. I, I will. I will want to. I will go to the Bucks if I were Jimmy G, if he was given an opportunity. Jameis Winston too. Those are the type of guys that I feel like would go to the Bucks. I don't think like a Aaron Rodgers, a, a Russell Wilson, those type like elite type quarterbacks. I don't think they're gonna go to the Bucks. I don't think they want to follow Brady's footsteps like that. I don't know. As, as my mentality is, I, I wouldn't want to. Um, but you know, it, it's it's a different league now. You know, and money talks. So if the money's right and you got the right pieces, yeah, you know, take him to a championship, get a get a ring, and that that'll be the good move. So I don't know, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but that's all we got for today, my friends. We're gonna get off here and go watch some Pro Bowl. Obviously, rooting for the NFC, hoping my boy JJ is MVP. Um, I hope Kirk Cousins throws a deep pass to him and we see the gritty you know what i'm saying you're gonna see it it's happening <laughs> it's it's happening everyone's gonna drop and everyone's doing the gritty man yeah it's happening justin jefferson started a freaking trend and now everyone's trying to do it yeah yeah it's but, definitely uh, gonna happen you got any last words for the week mike yeah so i was reading i was reading something that was pretty funny about uh uh why receivers over the age of 40 right so, oh my god, I saw this stat. Did you see that? Yeah. No, say <laughs> so, it, say it. So, so uh, Jerry Rice leads the the pack, right? Let's just say the pack. He's number one for yards after the age of forty at receiving. Second <laughs> is Tom Brady with, with six, six yards. yards. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So yeah, this you know add on to Brady's greatness. I I I don't hate Brady as a person, man. You know, it. Congrats to Brady in his 22 year career. It was a fumble. That's it was all a fumble. I can say. It was a fumble. That's all. Yeah, I I'm, say. Not, I'm outsider looking in. It was a fumble. Yeah. So that's all I got to say about that, man. <laughs> all right. Well, we will catch you guys next week. Hopefully, have some new news to talk about with head coaching. Uh, we still have some some vacancies. We got the Saints, we got the Dolphins, and I believe that might be it. 
Yeah, that's it. I think that's so, it. Texans. Texans. Yeah. Oh, te- well, I don't care about Texans. But yeah, yeah. So Texans, Saints, and Dolphins all need to hire a head coach. Hopefully, it happens this week, and we can bring you news. But other than that, for Mike, I'm Ian, and thank you for listening to another episode of Unbiased Football Talk, and we will catch you guys later.